Hello, wedding planners, and welcome back to another episode of the To Be Wed podcast. I'm Emily, and I'll be your host. And I'm Mike, and I'm your co-host. Now, before we jump in, we have to say hello to our American listeners. It's official. There are now more Americans than Australians listening to our podcast. So, Thanks for tuning in internationally. That's pretty exciting. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And so sorry if we're not sort of tailoring our um, episodes to you guys, if they're not making very much sense what we've been talking about. But I think most of it's pretty general. Uh, We try to keep our episodes that way because it's obviously not the same um, things we talk about aren't very specific to specific areas. But if there are some things that do go over your head, it's probably just our humor. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure our accents help. You know, people say they like Aussie accents and I'm just, I'm not about it. Whenever I hear it, I'm like, oh, we sound so bogan. I don't even know if Americans know the word bogan, but. I mean, the grass is always greener, right? I feel like Americans are probably like, we hate American accents. And I'm like, I hate Australian accents. So they're probably really enjoying it because it's something a little bit different. Maybe. Well, hopefully that helps your listening experience. And we're really excited that this podcast is getting out to more and more people. But please continue sharing the love. We love seeing all of our new listeners and people engaging both on Spotify or Apple or wherever you listen to your podcast, but also over on our Instagram. So keep coming and saying hi. Yeah. And if you have just recently joined us or have just recently started listening, please do send us a message on Instagram at to be wed underscore podcast and let us know which episode you started with which episode you've been really enjoying was there a particular one which you love the most please let us know we love to hear your feedback so we can sort of continue making episodes that people like to hear but on that note i want to jump into this week's episode first of all i want to say a quick apology last week we did say that we were going to do this week's episode on family drama if you listened to last week's episode we weren't quite prepared for that episode so i think we're going to move that to next week so do stick around for that one and make sure you keep an eye out for that but In this week's episode, I really wanted to talk about and explain a little something called the wedding tax. Now, if you guys aren't aware of this, it's probably because you haven't started planning your wedding yet. If you have, you will have already, I'm sure, have have come across this and been thinking about why the prices on everything to do with a wedding are so much higher than any other event in your life. And I really wanted to bring this up because I photographed an elopement for a couple last weekend and I originally turned up thinking that I was just there to take some couple photos for them. And they turned up having just been married at the registry and we were just coming to take some photos from me. Now, I didn't know about this beforehand. They had turned up um, to take some photos just thinking that it would be okay to book it through as a normal session with me for an hour just to go and take photos. Now, I'm not quite sure whether that was to try to get around any sort of prices, but I think that says more about the industry as a whole than it does about them as individuals because we often hear that the prices are so much more and I think it is reflected a lot in the industry and that's what we're going to talk about today. I myself, I don't charge any more of an hourly rate regardless so it really wouldn't have mattered but I know a lot of people out there would charge more of a price or have like a minimum hour or a minimum spend. So that's what we wanted to talk about today and talk about and sort of talk about the reasons why they do charge more but also some ways that we can try to get around that tax. Yeah, I think this is such an interesting thing when it comes to planning because I don't think it only comes down to necessarily money, but I think that the service as a whole is completely changed as soon as you say wedding. And a thing that kind of comes to my mind is if you just Google cupcakes, right, or cake, you will get a certain type of cake 
and it might be plain or you have a lot more freedom. But as soon as you type in like wedding cupcakes or wedding cake or whatever it might be, I find that the, even the styles are more limited. Same with if, you know, food options. Like as soon as you think about wedding, the options that come up are either seated or cocktail. And then there's things like cakeage, um, which really only, I mean, some places do it for birthdays, but it's also a very wedding thing to have cakeage. So I think apart from just money, I think the wedding tax in itself kind of expands to the the experiences as well. Now, before we jump right into wedding tags, I think it's probably a good time to explain what we mean by what the wedding tax is. Because as you said, if you're not kind of in the throes of planning, you probably haven't come across it yet. Yeah, exactly. Now, I have a really good example for this. I was reading a story when I was doing a bit of research for this episode, as I always do. And I was reading a story about a couple who went to a wedding venue um, to inquire about having their having their reception there, right? And they went to the venue because a friend of theirs had just had an engagement party there in the past few months beforehand, and the engagement party was went for about four or five hours, right? And they and they'd hired out the event space. Wow! And it was all like, and it was all like fully catered and things like that. Obviously, this was a very expensive engagement party, and if you're having one like that, hats off to you for being oh, able to gee. afford that. But they said for the engagement party, it was only about $6,000, right? To have the event hire for the whole space for the for five hours and and have it completely catered for everyone. And the other couple were thinking, oh, that's pretty good. Like that's within our budget for our wedding. We'll go back to them and inquire and see what their price is. Even if it's a little bit more, it can't be too crazy, you know, only $6,000 for their engagement party. They went back and inquired about having their wedding there and they came back to them with 25000 for the exact same amount of hours, maybe slightly increase on the style of food they were having, but still $25,000 up from $6,000. That's what Mm. we're talking about. And you will hear this a lot from all different types of vendors in the wedding industry. There is a big markup as soon as you put the word wedding in front of anything. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm going to play a little bit of the devil advocate because I sit on a bit of a fence here, especially you yourself being a vendor. I completely understand why the wedding tax exists and I see its purpose and why I think because like when you are getting married and having a wedding, you typically want like premium service, top notch, privacy, everything to go right. And that costs in itself. And I think that that is a big reason why the wedding tax exists. Yeah, and there's also like expectations, also like a lot of time sensitivity, a lot of like a lot of like liabilities as well. If things go wrong, like you've got to charge more to have more people to have extra things there in case things go wrong. Like if if you're having a birthday party, for example, and things go wrong, and the staff all run out of food, or a few of the staff aren't able to turn up on the day because they're unwell, it's not going to be the end of the world at a birthday party. But if it's your wedding day, there's a lot of expectation on that and you can only have those moments once. So I get why they're charging more, you know. But an exuberant amount more, I don't think it's reasonable in every sense. A big part of why I wanted to make this episode, I think, is to explain a little bit about why I think the tax in some sense is justified and it shouldn't be seen as a tax. I think, as you said, there is a lot more planning. There's a lot more effort that goes into a wedding and... um, 
I am going to talk about a few ways that you can get around it, but there's a lot of senses where you probably shouldn't be trying to get around it. If you are, then you're going to be leaving yourself leaving yourself underdone with the things that could be done for your wedding because I think people can um, improve on their service when it comes to a wedding. Yeah, and I, I still think there are circumstances like that jump from 6000 to 25000 where it's completely people are charging it because they know they can get it. And I mean that in terms of anyone who's planning, including ourselves, you think I'm not going to spend that money, that's ridiculous, I can't justify it. But then when the decision comes up, you're like, oh, I actually really like that or no, I kind of want that, right? We've all done it where all of a sudden you're like, okay, well, I want to pay it because it's my wedding day and it's the only day that I that I can justify, you know, $700 on pretty chairs. So I think that that's how they get you. At the same time, I think they can also get you because most people want to be married on a Saturday. You think about how many people want to be married in a year and there's only 52 Saturdays in a year. So they know that if you're not going to pay that premium, they know they have a good venue, a good service, whatever it is. They're like, well, I don't really need you. If, if you're not going to, if you're not going to meet our price, then you're not even worth our time because we have a wait list of people who are happy and willing to pay that price. Yeah. And this is why we've said before, obviously try to get married on a Friday, try to get married on a Try to get married on a Sunday. Try to get married midweek if you can because that's where they will try to reduce their prices because they know it's not as in much of high demand or try to get married in the wintertime. You know, they probably will reduce their prices. And if they're okay to reduce prices Monday to Friday, if they're okay to reduce them in the wintertime, you know the only reason they're increasing those prices on Saturdays is because of the demand. You know, they know they're in high demand. They know that they don't need to give it to you because they'll have someone else behind them. And this is something else that I want to talk about when it comes to the price, it's not only price that they differentiate on, they would differentiate on their availabilities as well. If you go to someone, if you go to a vendor, let's say a photographer, and you wanted um, an hour's worth of photos on a Saturday afternoon, a lot of photographers would probably turn you down on that because they know that they could potentially get a wedding on that day, which they're going to earn way more money on. So if you inquire a year out um, and ask them on a Saturday, they're probably going to say no because they know they can get more money on that on that day. And this is the same for a venue as well. If you inquire for three hours for like a birthday party in the afternoon, a really high-end venue, they're probably going to say no. But if you add the word wedding on there, then they probably are available. You know, It's not like they have anything else on that day, but they're just leaving themselves open to be able to earn more money on that day. And this is another bit of a gray area. Is that the right thing to do when you inquire first? Well, I don't know, but it's, it is the way they operate and it's how we have to sort of be able to communicate with them. All right, so on when it's right or wrong, when do you have to tell your vendor that it's a wedding? Yeah, there are obviously obviously times when you can sort of move around it by not including the word in your inquiry, but there are certainly occasions where you have to. And I think one of the big ones is unfortunately at a venue. You have to tell them it's a wedding. Yeah. You can't really have it in as a birthday party or just any old or any old having a party. And then you turn up there at a wedding because a lot of them, especially high-end venues, it's going to be included in their contract as well. So if you turn up there on the day and you're having a wedding, Mm. they have a right to then cancel your event. So I probably, even if you wanted to, I probably wouldn't go through with it just because that is too much of a risk for me. Like you may be saving yourself money, but there's a risk that it could get canceled on the day. And even that, the quality of the service isn't going to be as good. So you may be saving yourself a little bit of money, but potentially the quality of service isn't going to be as good and you may 
have the potential for them to actually cancel on you or charge you even more for turning up and having an event that isn't in the contract. Which I think is the more likely case, right? Because I know that with our contract, there are all these kind of like stipulations of this is your price. But if you go over that, like on the day you have two people more than say you originally expected, we will just at, we'll just tack that on at the end and we'll send you the invoice. So I think you would. I also don't like not telling the venue for a couple of reasons. And one is that venues have insurance. Um, so they have to, you know, I'm sure that some venues will have to tell their insurance what kind of events they're operating. Also, you, you typically find this as well with like 18th and 21st birthdays is that they need to know for RSA and security purposes of who they actually need on board. Like I know for ours, we had a security guard come down at about 11 o'clock. So they would have had to either tell the security guard or hire. I'm not sure what the case would have been if it was a different event. Maybe it wouldn't be the same thing. But I think that it's really important in terms of contract legislation, RSAs, to have that. But also you can't hide it. I mean, they're going to know it's a wedding unless you're really not looking like a wedding and you're, you know, nothing about it is wedding-esque. <laughs> Yeah, if the situation is you're having like a smaller wedding with your family in the afternoon and then you're all heading out to like a restaurant at night and you just have a, like a private room that's booked, you don't probably need to let them know. You know, that's not a wedding. <laughs> it, in, that, in that sense of the word, it's not a wedding. It is for you, but it may not be for them. So if you're not expecting much more of a service. But in a big event, in a big wedding venue where you've booked out the whole space, I think they, they deserve to know in that sense. Even if it is more money, I think you do have to tell them. Yeah, and as you kind of touched on, logistically, wedding venues will typically book your space for the whole day, so they won't let anyone else come in or out. Like I know for us, we had access to the room at 9 a.m., and that also allowed for all the other vendors that we might have been having to go in. I mean, you might not be having any vendors go in, but it was nice to know that that room was set up hours and hours in advance. No one was going to touch it. No one was going to do anything. I think it would be stressful, you know, if you had you didn't tell them and then there was like a birthday party or some other kind of event before and then you just don't get that same that same leeway of time. This is where that whole thing about you want that premium service. So, yeah, you probably have to pay more. And if it is starting to get to a bit of a stage where I think where they are like jacking their prices up way too much and you think this is way out of our budget, I don't know what they're really charging me for, just ask them. Ask them what their inclusions are. Ask them why the price is so much more. Um, for those things often that you can negotiate on price I think people are under the impression that you're not allowed to ask about price when as soon as they present you the price you just have to be happy with that unfortunately that is the way at some venues but a lot of venues are happy to negotiate on price especially if you're able to be flexible with them um, about a few different things you know if you're okay to negotiate then I think they should be as well and 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 certainly they should be able to answer you as to why um, why they're charging you more and if they're not able to give you that, well, then you can use your ability to be able to walk away and go somewhere else. Yeah, I do think, though, with venues, it is one of the the hardest prices to negotiate and probably going in there knowing that you're probably going to be relatively unsuccessful. And if it's, if it's quite a high, if it's quite a lot more than your budget, it's probably not ever going to come down to where you need it to be because maybe you can cut things out and you don't get the same amount of service but again venues are so competitive that 
they know someone else will pay it and it's also not worth their time negotiating with you and changing things and messing things around when they have a lot of other people. And I, I don't think it's necessarily fair to always negotiate them down a lot. So just I think, yes, negotiate, but if you're, go, if you're wanting like an autumn or spring wedding on a Saturday at a venue, I think you're going in with a very, it's very unlikely that they're going to budge. There are, however, other expenses that are associated with a wedding venue that you you may be able to negotiate down or you may be able to outsource as well to be able to reduce prices. For our wedding example, like to maybe change the chairs was more money, to add more fairy lights, add more add other decor things. It was included in some of their more premium packages. But if you went and organized it on your own and had them, them bring that in, um, then you may have been saving yourself a bit of money because you would have gone to an external company and they're charging you more on those things because they know that it's just easier. And in our sense, it, w- it was easier just to get it all done through the same people. So it was less organizing for us. But as we've spoken about before, if you want to do things by yourself um, and, and go coordinate with other vendors as well to bring things in, then then maybe you can save yourself a bit of money in there. And a lot of high-end venues will have a lot of those things included in their packages already. So if you want to talk to them about inclusions that are in your package, I think you're within your rights to ask them about things that are included how much those things are worth, you know. If they are charging more, that's okay, but they have to explain the reasons why. So I think asking about those things and if you can leave some of those things out, then that's okay. All right, let's jump to vendors more broadly. We'll start with photography because I think that's your forte. Do you do we have to tell our photographers that we're getting married and that's what they're coming and doing photos for? Yes, I think you 100% have to, even though I told a story at the start where the couple didn't tell me that it was a wedding. In that sense, it was okay because they were technically eloping, technically were just turning up to have photos done and hadn't had any other photos through the day. If, however, you turned up with your whole bridal party there for an hour just to take photos, like let's let's say, for example, you had an auntie or uncle take photos at your ceremony, you were just happy, anything they could take on, on an old camera that they had, right? And they did all the family photos as well and you weren't having any photos at your reception, but you wanted some really nice photos that you could get printed out because it was your wedding day. So you decided to book a photographer for an hour in the afternoon. You turned up with your whole bridal party. In that sense, I don't think that's okay, you know, because um, you're not really telling them what is in the scope there. But why is it not okay? For someone that is saying that you wouldn't have changed your price, you were hap- you agreed to be there for the hour, mm. what makes it different that it's a wedding because if they turn up with a whole bridal party you're turning up with heaps more people than i originally had planned for you know for starters you're probably turning up with higher expectations as well there's a there's an actual time limit there we work with you know and there's probably like an extra amount of like turnaround time as well that comes with those the example with the elopement that was just a very like we're happy to go in for an hour it was just those two happy to take any photos we could it didn't have as much expectation on it. And in a sense, they were probably charged more than they would have been if they just booked it into a wedding anyway. You know, like the hourly rate's basically the same. Um, but if you're going to turn up with the old bridal party, I think that's wrong to, to turn up and assume you can just have photos with everyone. It's like turning up to like family photos if you booked it in for just you and three people and you turn up with your grandparents and everyone else. Like that's just not going to be okay. You have to let people know 
how long you're going to be there for, how many people you're going to have, because that actually takes longer to go around and take all those photos. Right, and I guess also part of your service, and I know a lot of photographers, wedding photographers more broadly, is that they do provide those sneak peek photos. So, you know, within 24 to 48 hours directly after your wedding photos, you typically get maybe 10 or less photos um, just to hold you over until the full gallery comes out. But you have to plan for that that also because that's obviously time in the next 24 to 48 hours that you need to be free that maybe if someone's kind of sprung that on you then they're not going to get that same level of service and and people listening might be like oh well they probably don't care but the thing is is that when they go to a lot of business happens through word of mouth so when they go talk to people about oh what was your experience like what did you get the thing that they're telling people isn't actually what your service was it was I, I'm not going to say half done service because it wasn't your fault, but it it, did, it wouldn't have had all the inclusions for the same price had they just said it was a wedding. Yeah, exactly. I want to also talk about liability if something goes wrong. We're talking about time pressure on a wedding day. If things go wrong, it's on me to have other things to back that up, you know, and that's why you charge a lot. That's why a lot of vendors charge more because if something goes wrong, then they're able to able to correct on those things, right? They often have to have more equipment there, have more stuff just in case things do go wrong. If I'm going out with, say, just to do an engagement photo shoot on an afternoon, I'm not going to have as much equipment as I would on a wedding day because if things go wrong, we can always go back. If it's someone's wedding day, and say, for example, you've planned an engagement party that you're going to turn into a surprise wedding for your whole family, right? You booked a photographer three hours for an engagement party, but it's actually a surprise wedding for everyone. It's a, it's a small, intimate wedding. If you didn't tell the photographer that it was a wedding, and just had booked them for an engagement party and thought, oh, I only need them, th- th- only need them for three hours for this event, but hadn't told them what the event was, then they're not going to have all the right equipment on them if things go wrong because they're just thinking it's an event. Obviously, they're going to have enough stuff to be able to do the job, but the job isn't going to be up to the same standard that it would be as a wedding. So I think turning up in that scenario and not telling a vendor like that is obviously like to your detriment, but there's a whole lot more risk that comes along with it than just thinking that I'm not going to get these inclusions. You, you may actually end up with you without any photos. You may end up with completely other things because you haven't told them anything that's happening. I think that's a really good point because I think it's really able, we're able to see it within a lot of our own working lives. Like for me, I don't, I don't work as a wedding vendor. I work in a more corporate kind of setting and the people at the top get paid more, not always because they do more work their jo- or their job is harder, but purely because of the fact that they're at the end of the day, the, the the responsibility goes back on them and that they're being paid that higher amount because of the level of risk that comes with their position less than what their position's actually entailing. And I think even though we're talking about photography here, this is really relevant to all the vendors. And I mean that because there is a lot of planning, like even with hair and makeup, I think that you'd really get people offside because a hair and makeup artist as particularly a, ma- a makeup artist will alter the way they do your makeup on your wedding day, whether that's making sure there's no flashback, making sure that it lasts extra long, making sure that maybe they're not adding things or putting things on that's going to ruin it. So um, I think that and similar with GJ, they have to plan things out. So I think any vendor, you really have to tell them. And I think, again, you there are ways to negotiate it 
negotiate it down or but you have to be really willing to compromise as well and remembering that these are people's livelihoods and this is how you know people live and they're they're experts so I don't I I like to give people the benefit of the doubt and think a lot of a lot of vendors are charging within the appropriate range obviously if you get people outliers who are charging a lot less or a lot more then question it but I think most vendors are charging the appropriate amount for their service and the reason maybe it does seem high is for all the things that we we just listed off Mm. And if you're in a position where you think, well, I don't really need any of those additional extras. I don't need help with planning. I don't need um, any like sneak preview photos. I don't need any extra makeup, hair and makeup done. I don't need a makeup trial, things like this. First off, I would tell you to have a think about that again um, because often you will need most of that stuff and it's not until the day where you realize you need it all and then it's going to be harder on your vendor as well. So they should probably charge you more work if you're not going to actually communicate with them beforehand. But then secondly... Have a chat to your vendors, you know, have a chat to them about price, have a chat to them about inclusions, just like we talked about with a venue, just like we talked about with a venue before, have a talk to them and see if if they're okay to not include every additional extra. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of vendors out there that come with additional extras that you may not need and that's just included in their, and that's just included in their packages to be able to make it easier for you because that's based on experience with other people they've worked for and just saying that this is what most people go for, we're going to make it easy and just compile it all into one package for you. If you want to save yourself 100 bucks, maybe 200 bucks, yeah, you can reduce the amount of inclusions in the package. You may not save yourself heaps of money, but if you really like to, have a speak to them about that, you know. But they're definitely charging more based on the work that goes into planning a wedding versus planning a birthday party versus planning an engagement party versus planning just any old Friday afternoon where you get your hair and makeup done. Yeah, and again, you're playing for exclusivity in terms of that your photographer, your hair and makeup artist, your DJ, they're probably not doing any other event that day. And that's because a wedding takes a full day, a birthday party, a hair or makeup trial or a quick glam for an event is a lot quicker than a typical wedding day so they're booking themselves out for the day so when you are thinking why am I paying this wedding tax I think a lot of it comes down to there are only 52 Saturdays and there are so many people who want to get married and if you're only going to book someone for an hour you're not worth taking a whole Saturday for. That's actually a really good point because even in my situation as a photographer if you were to book me for engagement photos, say on a Saturday afternoon, like if I was free and I booked you in um, from like three o'clock for an hour, I could potentially have someone else booked in after you, right? Now, I wouldn't take the same approach as if that was a wedding because if it was a wedding, straight afterwards, I'm going home to back up all the photos to make sure I don't lose any, to make sure I have additional copies of them, you know? So I'm not planning anything straight after a wedding on that same day as a wedding even just to make sure everything works, to make sure I'm there an hour before to make sure that if things go wrong, you know, for an engagement photo session, if I'm half hour late, if something happens with the photos, worst comes to worst, I go back to them and say, hey, we need to reschedule or hey, we need to do it again or hey, so sorry, I'm happy to give you a refund, right? And I take that liability on based on the fact that I'm not charging as much for that service, right? When it comes to a wedding day, I can't say to them, Hey, so sorry, can we go back and do it again? Hey, so sorry, I was a bit stuck in traffic. I didn't get there on time. I can't do that. So I take in liability on that to make sure that I'm there an hour early, to make sure I have the photos backed up halfway through the day, at the end of the day, to make sure we've got everything 
there. And that is included as a, a bit more of a charge because it is a bit more of a service. So thinking about not having anyone else on that day, exact same for hair and makeup artists as well, I'm sure. They're not planning to have all the other different things. You know, they have all the products ready that they're not going to be accidentally forgetting things. They're going to be there on time. You just have that bit more of an assur- a bit more of an assurance with all these vendors. Okay, so we've covered who you do have to tell. Now let let's get into the exciting bit of who you don't have to tell, where you can get around. And I think I want to start with the most obvious. I personally think, and I think that comes with dessert or wedding cakes or whatever you are having in that slot. So a little story about us. We got cupcakes and we didn't tell the vendor or the person making the cupcakes that it was for a wedding. Why we didn't do that is because we wanted plain cupcakes. We just wanted plain white icing. Well, we didn't necessarily want plain white icing, but we were fine with it. So we didn't feel like it was necessary. And also because they offered the amount we needed within their normal regular service. So we ordered, I think it was something like 60 or 70 cupcakes. They were plain white iced and we had someone pick them up the day before. So now with that, keeping in mind that one, they didn't come decorated except for plain white icing. So we actually added eucalyptus leaves on all of them by ourselves. So one, that's an extra, it was an extra time the day before. Two, we actually had to go pick them up ourselves. So that's that's part of the compromise of usually if you go and reach out to the vendor to make you wedding cupcakes or wedding cakes or whatever it is, they will then come and deliver that to the venue the morning of. So I guess if like freshness is utmost importance to you, then yes, that's what you would do. Although little thing, most baker, bakers will have it done at least the day before. So we also got a, like a top tier of the cake so that we could cut something. So again, it was like a plain white iced cake um, and it was within the normal service. So I think that was a big thing for us is when we did order both these things and again, we had to go pick the cake up ourselves and we had to decorate it ourselves is that when I went online and had a look at the different bakeries and cupcake stores or whatever we did, if it's already listed on the website as something they own or they do in within their regular service, I don't think you necessarily have to tell them. Also, if it's within their regular service, they're probably already making those things. So it's, you know, cake makers aren't exclusive. They don't need to, you know, put aside the whole day unless you're having like some extravagant cake that gets put together on site. But we did have to make compromises on things like delivery and decoration. Yeah, I think if you were going to go with like a six-tiered like iced cake that had a bride and groom on the top, I think it's going to be pretty obvious that it's that's for a wedding. And it's going to take more effort as well. They're going to charge for that. Yeah, and if we needed customization in terms of some funky colour or some pattern or something that we wanted, then of course you're going to have to tell them it's at least for something. Yeah, and in our case we were just happy with anything plain. So I think that that worked really well and actually saved us a fair bit of money. Um, in the scope was probably half price of what they normally were. Yeah, but also we have to say that 
the reason that also saved us money was because we did do that kind of hybrid thing of, you know, one tier of a cake and then the rest cupcakes, which is cheaper. So I think our cupcakes came in at $351. We are going to do an updated budget. So the correct number will be in that one. But which is a lot cheaper than a wedding cake. But again, that's because of the travel and the decoration, the customization. Another vendor that I want your thoughts on about not having to tell um, that it is for a wedding is a florist. Oh. Now, I'm not talking about whole florals for the event. I'm just talking about having a few like bouquets done or even like some flowers done for the day and then you arranging the bouquets. Is there a way to sort of swing around that if you're just wanting maybe a bouquet for you and a couple of bridesmaids? Can you just order a few order a few bouquets um, and then you put them together yourself? Or is, is there a way that you think you could sort of get around that? I think there is a way. The hard thing is if you inquire and say, I want four bouquets, the florists aren't dumb. Like what, what other occasion do you ever want just four bouquets? No, I don't mean like pre-made bouquets like for that are like ready to hold but if we're saying i want some flowers to just hand to my mother for any old day say i'm going to see someone and i want flowers i just want three bouquets of anything like of specific maybe you're asked for maybe you're asking for a specific kind maybe you're asking for like all your roses or I don't know, but yeah. are you able to then like group those together yourself? I think you can because whenever you go onto like a floristry website, you can kind of order the bouquets and you can order a number and it'll say approximately $65 or whatever, however much it is. The, I guess, issue that I have with that is one, they always say that it depends on season. It depends on what the florist is kind of doing at that stage, whatever's in stock. So you won't get really any choice I think you could maybe ring the florist and say hey I'm really looking for something with pink roses or this like I don't need it for another week is that something you can do and I think that they would do that but again I think that you're limited in the scope of how personal those bouquets can be also bouquets are like bouquets are really different from what you know the bouquets you get to sit in a vase because vases are like all different sizes and um, different shapes. And if you look at a bouquet, they're typically more, I mean, some of them are like long and short, but they're all like kind of one size and that's so that it goes with the dress and they're held in a certain way. Right. So you're not, again, you're not going to get the wedding service. If that's totally fine by you, then go for it. I'm also not sure how much it's actually going to save you. And I mean that in terms of, I don't know if you've visited many florists lately, but a standard bouquet is real expensive. And if you're going for a wedding package, I don't think the bouquet price is the problem. I think the only time that it becomes a problem with floristry is that they will charge you a minimum. They'll be like, you need to spend a minimum of $2,000 or you need to spend at least get four bouquets and two boutonnieres and three of this. Like they usually do a package. So if you don't want a package, yes, I do think, long-winded way of saying yes, I do think that you can do it. Would I recommend it? Probably not. Yeah, and I think that's the thing with a lot of these examples. Like you're probably going to be missing out on something if you're going to try and skimp out on, on not saying that it's a wedding. You know, so you're probably going to be missing some part of the service um, and it's up to you whether you decide that part of the service is important to you or not. You know, if you decide that having 
having to go through and, and do your own bouquets the morning of is okay, then then by all means. You can get you no, know, you can go and pick the flowers up from any old florist the morning of. I think it's important with floristry though to I think if you said to a florist, literally all we wanted was four bouquets, I don't I don't really care about just use what's in season and these are roughly the colours, especially if you're going for a very generic colour like pink or white or green. Um that's fine. And I think that they wouldn't char- I think a lot of florists wouldn't charge you the package the package price because they're probably just making four exact same bouquets knowing that you're definitely going to come in and buy those but I think the reason you get packages is because it's an art form yeah exactly and again ask ask your vendors explain to them how much your budget is and and try to see what they can do within that budget and I think most of them are happy to help and if they're not we'll maybe move on to a different vendor all right let's touch on hair And this seems like a really random one, but the reason I want to bring it up is because I think, not that I got charged a premium price when I got my hair done prior to the wedding because the hairdresser knew that I was getting married. Now, when I talk about hair, I mean prior to the wedding day, especially for brides typically will usually go get, you know, get their hair dyed, cut or whatever. Now, I don't think I got charged more than the service, but I think I got a higher service for saying that I was getting married. I mean, she put more highlights in. She did um, like a treatment on it. There were a couple more services in there. And even though I technically could have opted out for those, I am not one to kind of stand my ground on that kind of stuff. Like I get real awkward. So a lot of it I just gave into and I ended up having quite a big hair bill at the end of it. So if that is something that you don't want, just go in for your normal hair routine. Don't say that you're getting married. Although I know a lot of people are close to the hairdressers, so it'll probably come out anyways. But just go in for your standard care. Don't don't say that you're getting married not because they'll probably charge you extra but because they will offer you and suggest for you to have more services than you you probably realistically need that's really interesting that you bring that up because i was going to talk about like a blow dry and a styling on the morning of maybe not for the bride but maybe bridesmaids maybe your mother of the bride how do you feel about if you like if you like live near like a blow bar or something to go, go in there and get your hair styled in the morning um, and just get like a normal styling and not having to get someone that actually comes to you or not explaining them that it's a wedding, is that okay? Would you think that that was all right to go do? Oh, yeah, I think that's fine because a lot of services offer, like a lot of hairdressers or like Mecca and Sephora offer like one-hour makeup services and that's within their ordinary their ordinary service and usually you get to choose like whether you want glam or whether you want natural or you get to choose within that service but they're very used to that and that's what they're there for I think even if you did say wedding they probably wouldn't change their overall price um again I think they would suggest oh well why don't you do this it's really special like you only have it once so if you're not someone who has the confidence or likes to stand up to that, then I would suggest not telling them. I was actually reading an article, another article um, about a person who said that they were going to go get hair done for a wedding. Um, And when they inquired to the same place and they said to just do like a blow dry and a style, 
um, it was like $100. But when they said it was for a wedding, it was like $250. Wow. And I don't know whether that's because they're trying to make it stay for extra long hours or whether adding more treatments, more products to make it make sure that it holds for the day or if it is just a, a huge markup. Or are they like exclusive in that morning where they're not going to have anyone else booked in as opposed to if you just walked in and had it had it styled, there may be other people around. They may not be doing the best quality service they could. I don't know. But if that's something maybe that you are wanting to save money on, maybe it is worth it for bridesmaids, maybe mother of the bride, maybe anyone else who's just attending a wedding even um, to just walk in there and, and not express that it is for a wedding. Yeah, I do think it has to stay within the service. Bridesmaids is typically hard because a lot of people like to have their bridesmaids have the same makeup or and or same hair. And obviously, if you're all going to walk into the same hairdresser and be like, hey, can you do the same hair on, and makeup on all these four people? They're probably going to be like, uh, no, that's a bit weird. But I think if you were a mother of the bride, for example, and just said, hey, I want some really nice hair and makeup done within the normal service that you can book online or that you would typically ring on any other day, then I don't think you need to tell them. Again, you could be sacrificing a little bit in terms of, as I touched on before, makeup, there are certain techniques and things that makeup artists do on the day to ensure that you're not getting flashback. Flashback is when your makeup turns up really bright under your eyes or where powder's been or um or the staying power and same with your hair like I know that on the my wedding day on our wedding day the morning of she put certain stuff in my hair and she did certain techniques to make it last longer um so I think in some circumstances where you know you are a mother of bride or just a guest at a wedding you probably don't need to tell them because your staying power of your hair or makeup isn't as imperative as, you know, the bride or the groom or the bride and the bride or whatever it is. And there are certainly other vendors out there that we could talk about in this episode. But as we've said before, just have a chat to them. You know, if they're marking up their prices a lot, have a talk to them. I think there's other people out there like musicians, like DJs you could definitely speak to who who may mark prices up for a wedding. Uh, But I think it's definitely important to tell them because, as we've said, you could be like sacrificing on the service that that, that they provide, um, that they don't know what they're actually turning up for. It may be in their contract as well, like we've talked about with the venue before. Certainly have a chat to all these people and if you're concerned about price, talk to them, see what inclusions are, see what things you can take out, have a chat to them about your budget. And if they're not okay to help you, if they're not willing to come to the table with you, then maybe move on to another vendor. And I think that's the best way to go about it because if, if someone's too hard and fast in their price and not okay to compromise or even talk to you about your budget, then they're probably not going to be great on your day anyway and they're probably not going to be that much of a great person to work with. So you probably don't want to be spending your time or money with them anyway. Yeah, and my advice always when it comes to how much money you want to spend, if you are compromising on the money in terms of you bringing your budget down, it usually means you're compromising on your time or the service. So... One of those things are always going to have to give when you are a budget wedding planner. So, and it, and it comes back to this. If, if you want to make sure that you've got premium service, then you're going to have to pay that premium price. Yeah, unfortunately, the wedding tax is a real thing. But hopefully by listening to this episode, you guys are now aware of it. If you are going to inquire with vendors, with venues, you will know that this is a thing now. So don't be shocked when they charge you way more than you would have expected for a birthday party. Um, because it is more of a service and hopefully by hearing today's episode you've heard why um, why they do charge more but also some of the red flags to watch out for and some of the things you can definitely ask them to, to be able to reduce that price 
or even to have a look out for different vendors and different venues. But that is all for today's episode, guys. I hope you really enjoyed this one and I hope you um, heard a bit more about it, a bit more of a conversational episode from us. But I think this is an important thing to talk about because it's certainly not something that we knew much about before we started wedding planning. And so hopefully we've opened your eyes to that as well. If you have enjoyed this week's episode, guys, we'd really appreciate it if you could share this episode around with a friend who you think would enjoy it as well, someone who's planning their wedding, someone who has just recently gotten engaged, someone who is about to get engaged maybe and you think that this is something that they need to hear about. Um, it's definitely always good to be able to share the word and we really appreciate it as well because it gets a whole lot of new listeners to our podcast and it's the main reason why we continue to grow is by you guys sharing the podcast around with friends and family. So we really do appreciate that. If you would like to go one step further, you could consider leaving us a rating or review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. That really helps us as well get the, get the show out to a new audience. I dare say that's how we've come to get so many listeners in the US and we really appreciate everyone who turns up here every single week and we know that it continues to grow by people leaving ratings or reviews. So that really helps us as well. As I said in the beginning, if you are new to the podcast, please do send us a message on Instagram at tobewed underscore podcast. We share a lot of other information over there. We share a lot of behind the scenes from the podcast um, and other little snippets as well. So do go over there and send us a message. We would love to hear from you guys. We'd love to hear what you've been enjoying about the podcast so, so we can start to create episodes around the things that you guys are enjoying and, and create episodes that you really would like to hear. If you have a specific question or something that you would specifically like us to make an episode about, do let us know and we're very open to those ideas as well. But until next week, guys, we hope you have a great week and we will talk to you all again next Friday. Happy planning. Bye.